picture it. This is Randy from OHIO, and you're about to listen to the current and always tag team champs of Creepy and Crime, Carrie, Donna, a pair of normal chicks, baby. Don't get scared, because at the sound of the bell, it's sinister sightings time, and these ladies know how to creep it real. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 67. Y'all, did y'all get that wrestling intro? Creepy! (laughs) Right? Oh my goodness. Loved it. Loved every second of it. It really took Donna back to her roots. It really did. Of her brother doing wrestling moves on Mm -hmm. her. Body slamming me. Mm Mm-hmm. Great job on the intro, Randy. And if y'all want to kick ass in an intro just like that, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, jumping right in. This one is called Black Eyed Kid Encounter. Ooh. Nope, don't like it already. (laughs) Between the ages of two to five, my son would comment about the black eyed boy in our backyard. He told us the boy is looking for his mom. My son always told us that we could not tell the boy he could come in. Oh, shit. How the fuck he knew that? He would mention the boy at random times when he'd walk past the sliding deck door in the kitchen or in the basement that had a door to our backyard. He would say things like, the black-eyed boy is on the deck and he wants to come in, but don't let him. Oh, my gosh. Or, the black-eyed boy is standing in the yard. He's saying he misses his mom. I don't think we know how to find her. Sometimes just the black eyed boy is back. No one else ever saw this boy or heard him. It scared the crap out of my daughters every time he'd mentioned the boy. My son never seemed scared or worried, just wanted to share the boy was there. We always heeded my son's advice not to let the boy in. My son has always been pretty sensitive. He always talked a lot about God and angels. We are not a religious family. We do not go to church or talk about God. He would tell us he met God before he was put in my tummy. He knew he was born via C-section, though we never told him. He told us he had to be cut out of mommy. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Jamie. Whoa. Your kid is very sensitive. Yes. What? And did you freak out on episode three when Mm -hmm. you were like, wait, the black-eyed kids? Wait, don't let him in? Like, how do you fucking know not to let him in? I don't know. Because he's sensitive and he knew. He was like, wait, that boy's bad news. And if you don't go up eight octaves whenever you're worried about something, are you really worried? (laughs) Right? Okay. This one's called Mystery Spoon and Tales from Late Night Hospital Adventures. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Donna. I happened to find your podcast by accident, and I'm very glad I did. I work nights in a hospital, and on weekends, I'm usually by myself. So your podcast has gotten me through some very long and very irritating shifts. Thank you. Before I get to that, first, I have little tidbits to tell y'all. When me and my husband were first married, we were renting a house trying to save up to buy something of our own. We were only there for a few months before we were drove out of the house. At first, things were okay. 
outside city limits on an acre of land, quiet. It was great. That sounds like so many of my stories, like on the outskirts of the town, mm-hmm. quiet. Also sounds like your house. Like legit, that's what I was about, thought you were about to say is that sounds like my house. It was great, but not after about the first month. I just found out I was nine weeks pregnant and my body turned itself into a human geyser of hormones, morning sickness, and spontaneous tears. It was wonderful. Or so I would tell nosy people who wanted to touch my growing belly instead of feeding me. Why do people want to touch strangers' bellies like that? I don't know. My husband learned quickly that this extra-large pizza wants to eat an extra-large pizza and his skinny self can watch. Mama, don't share. We worked at the same hospital in the evening, so we went to work together. After the first month, we started to notice that things seemed weird when we would come home. Just like the feeling someone just left the room before you could see them or something was moved a tiny bit. And then one night we came home and there was a strange serving spoon sitting in our drain board. It wasn't one of ours because as my husband has a thing for pricey culinary crap when Walmart brand does just fine. Both our parents had been over the day before and we asked our moms if it was one of their spoons and they both said no. So, okay, no big deal, right? Wrong. A few days after that, my husband's hours got changed, and now he worked mornings, and I was still on evenings. I was at work, still with about three hours to go, and I was closing in on my second trimester. So I'm hiding, snacking instead of working. I should mention, I was in housekeeping, so patients weren't suffering while I was gobbling on a Snickers bar. (laughs) Hubby calls me and asks if I'm home. Now, let me explain. There is nothing delicate about me. I am a bull in a china shop. Girl, (laughs) preach. I can't walk softly, so there goes my ninja career. And already being big handfuls, my growing baby belly was making me breathe like Darth Vader. (laughs) I told him no. I was still at work and asked, are you not at home? He was. He had just gotten out of the shower only to open the bathroom door and find our small shih tzu in his bed tucked in. And I mean, actually fucking tucked in. What? Blanket over him and the ends pushed under him. And the bed that we always kept by the bedroom door in the corner was now right in front of the bathroom doorway across from the bed. I tried to reason and say our other dog, who was part lab and mutt, probably pulled him around because he was just three months old and was always looking for ways to annoy the older dog. When Hubby explained how Old Man was tucked in, I couldn't find an explanation. A few days went by, nothing else happened, and we forgot about it. As we were renting, the homeowner had his own maintenance man that just happened to live next door. He had to come fix the water heater, and the moment he walked in, our puppy, who never showed an aggressive bone in his body, went crazy. Every time he saw the man, he would try to go after him. We would then start to see him watching us coming and going. Since we were on different schedules, one of us was always home, but on those few occasions we were off together, we would go out and be gone for a few hours, and then we would get that strange feeling again of someone being in the house. So as soon as we could, we got the hell out of that house. 
I can't say for certain that the maintenance man was the reason behind all that happened, but we didn't stay to find out. Well, since this tidbit turned out to be a full course, I'll have to send in another email if you'd like. Then I will tell you about the life-size Jesus statue that should have a calming aura, but didn't get the message and other stories from my nightly adventures of working at a hospital. Again, I really enjoy the podcast and the dynamic between y'all, and even when Tiffany joined the podcast those few times. Your acceptance of everyone and the joy y'all get out of life is amazing. Looking forward to the next episode, Melissa from Texas. Oh my God, Melissa, I bet you have so many stories from the hospitals. Oh my goodness. Also, what did you have? Yeah. And that seems like it was a maintenance man. I wish I would have like put up like a nanny cam or something and caught that motherfucker. Yes. I mean, at least he tucked your dog in. I don't know why. And your other dog fucking knew that that was a shady motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And thank you for all the positive compliments and everything, and including Tiffany. Hey, y'all. My name is Jennifer, and I am a fan from outside of the United States. Germany, to be exact. Ooh. I love your podcast, and it is my daily routine to listen to your stories when I'm on my way to work. I've got a lot of stories to tell you. I could tell you a lot about German folklore. I remember your podcast about the gnomes you did. And a lot of ghost stories that happened to me all my life. But I'll tell you about my experience I had just a few years ago. It'll be more on the fantasy side and perfect for Donna. I'm sitting back in my chair. Actually, we all know that's a lot. I sit straight up. I was living with my two cats in a small but cozy apartment. My cat, Thor, was always more on the active side, but I recognized a change in his behavior. He ran across the apartment and always tried to bite something on his back. His hairs stood up, and sometimes, when he peacefully slept, he woke up scared and spooked out for no reason, ran away, or tried again to get something off his back. I took him to the vet, and guess what? He was perfectly fine. And it cost you $100 to figure that out? At least. Mm -hmm. Days went by, and I talked to a friend randomly about his behavior. Let's call this friend Bob. I knew that Bob was very interested in demons and otherworldly creatures, and his knowledge was pretty wide-ranged. He immediately said, Well, maybe you have a kobold in your home. Oh, fuck. Did I say that right? They live in people's houses and apartments from time to time, and they like to tease pets and children. Me, who had never thought about that, somehow believed him. So I asked him how to get rid of it, or at least make him stop teasing my cat. He told me to welcome him into my home and offer him some milk and cookies. Aww. He eventually will appreciate the gesture and feed off of the energy of the food I'm offering him. And if I'm lucky, he will reward me with gold, money, or luck. Ooh, ooh. Following Bob's advice was the only chance I had left, so I welcomed the kobold in my home and put some milk and cookies on a plate. When I went to bed, I told him goodnight. When I left my apartment, I told him goodbye. When I came home, I said hello. I did that for days. I felt so stupid. But my cat got calm very fast till his strange behavior fully stopped. Wow. I was very pleased. I came to the conclusion that the kobold, or whatever was with me, had left. 
A few more days went by and I came home. I was pretty stressed out because of my job. I felt sick and depressed the whole day. So basically, I was a mess. Now comes the weird part. And yes, it can get weirder. I was about to say, uh, now? I went into the bathroom to get ready for bed and slammed the door because, yeah, I was a mess and then I heard something fall. It sounded like it was made out of metal. I opened the door and looked at the floor. There it was. A perfect gold ring. What? When I picked it up, I could read some engravings on the inside. It said, Ralph, 1978. Yes, it was an engagement ring. I didn't know a Ralph, and I couldn't relate to that specific year since I was born in the 80s. Odd enough, my mother's first boyfriend's name was Ralph. Spelled differently. And they met in the late 70s, and he passed away tragically in a motorbike accident back then. But my mom told me that they were never engaged. At least she couldn't remember. I couldn't wrap my head around this. Where did this ring come from? I have never seen it, and I was already living in that apartment for more than five years. Believe me, I have slammed that door several times in the past. (laughs) Never, ever did something like this happen. I even looked for any holes or slits in my walls that may have captured that ring perfectly all the time. Maybe someone who lived in my apartment back then hid it, but I didn't find anything unusual. I kept this ring for weeks, and Bob, my special friend, also told me not to get rid of this ring or give it away as a gift or something, but make it cash. This was a gift from the Kobold. Of course, I did some research about living in my apartment, having a partner with the name Ralph, but nothing really matched up. So I made this ring cash, a hundred bucks, I really needed back then. Only two weeks after, I received 200 bucks from an insurance company because they had miscalculated something in my contract. Trust me, it felt like money rain. I thanked the kobold and wished him a nice trip if he ever leaves my apartment. And he did. My cats behaved normally and the money rain stopped. Cries in broke. (laughs) (laughs) So remember, don't get spooked because not all creatures we can't see or understand are evil. Sometimes they appreciate you a lot more than you think if you respect them. Thank you for reading or listening to my story. Love, Jennifer. That reminded me of an episode of Ghosts in the Burbs, but the reason why I was like, whoa, is because the thing would grant wishes, but to even it out in the universe, something bad had to happen to somebody you loved. Mm. You know, and so that's why I was like, whoa. Yeah. I need some money, Rain. Don't be wishing some shit like that in your house. I don't want that in my house. I just said I need some money, Rain. Or it can rain some men. Either way. Look at that money rain. Pays off my student loan debt. I'd do a lot of fucking things for that. Not a creature, though. (laughs) I draw the line at creatures in my house. Okay, this one's titled Asylum. Hey, y'all. I just recently discovered your podcast, and I absolutely love it. I listen to it at work, which is on a farm, so I'm outside all day no matter the weather, and it definitely makes a day go by faster. My boyfriend's parents own an abandoned asylum, and I wanted to let y'all know a little bit about it. This story is kind of long, so sorry in advance. So this asylum is located in Rockville, Indiana, and is named Lee Allen Bryant, or the Indiana State Sanatorium. It first opened in 1911 and was a tuberculosis hospital. As most know, these hospitals soon turned into quote-unquote, insane asylums. This asylum was privately owned, but funded by the state. 
When you drive back there, it's like its own little town. It sits on about 520 acres, but they only own 180 acres. Only? Sheesh. Right. right. It had its own dairy farm, which is now owned by someone else. A school general store has its own water tower, power plants, children's ward, men and women's ward, houses for staff, and even a smokestack. Damn. It is kind of isolated in the wood, and this place actually did not close until 2012. And we have a friend who previously worked there. He was there the day they closed, and he said no one knew that it was closing until all of these blacked-out cars, vans, and men in black suits showed up, arrested the owner, (gasps) and took the ones they considered most ill, opened the doors, and told them that they had three hours to get out. If you Google it, you cannot find any information about why it closed or why the owner was arrested. You can only find bits and pieces about the place itself. We had to go to a local library to find most information. My boyfriend's dad bought the place at a tax sale for super cheap. When you go inside, they left everything. From clothes to stuffed animals, pictures, medicines, needles and syringes. Oh, God. Machines, documents, People's personal information, like social security numbers, which is highly illegal. Why they were there. I mean, everything. It's honestly kind of sad walking through there and seeing pictures of these patients. We even found our friends who worked there his last paycheck that he never received. That same friend also knows a lady who took in an older blind man that was released the day they closed to take care of him. For the longest time, she said, he wouldn't speak. When he eventually started talking, he said that he saw them doing the shock therapy along with other cruel things. And I'm a result of being caught. They did that torture. I don't remember what it's called, but it it caused me to go blind. (gasps) There is also an unmarked cemetery located on the property in the woods with multiple glass medicine bottles thrown all over the hill. The last death there was right before it closed. An employee went crazy, shot his best friend, and then went to the power plant and shot himself. Oh my God. Our friend, again who worked there, claimed he also watched a patient run as fast as he could head first into a big oak tree, killing himself. Oh my God. There have been multiple others, like people jumping from the five-story roof, With that being said, you can imagine how haunted it might be. We've had multiple ghost hunters who have gotten quite a lot of stuff, especially in the tunnels. They are underground tunnels that connect all the buildings, but are super creepy and super dark. They also get smaller as you're walking through them, and they were used to transport the bodies. My boyfriend and his friends have had glass ornaments thrown at them and shattered, along with long banging on the walls from other rooms that no one's in. Myself, I've only experienced a few noises like footsteps or odd things that I don't know where they came from. We also did hear noises in the tunnels that sounded like someone dragging something heavy above us. The third floor is known as the haunted floor. On this floor, you can actually see nail marks down the walls. Oh my god. There was also a room that the door handle was actually sawed perfectly off to where you could not get the door open. When our buddies finally broke it open, we discovered tarot cards all over the walls with handprints. 
Now I see why it was locked. My dad and I hunted this land a few times, and we've only heard a few strange noises. We have also thought about fixing up the superintendent's house and either doing an Airbnb or living there ourselves. But I will say, the attic does freak me out, and I refuse to go up there. Just one of those gut feelings. Anyways, sorry again this was long, but I hope you enjoyed this history slash paranormal story. Thank y'all so much, Megs. Oh my god. That is heartbreaking, fascinating. Okay, did y'all take all the syringes and the medicine out? Because uh, that could be really bad if people try to break in because they think that there's still that stuff there. Oh, true. Like, if they're, you know addicted to drugs or something and they they're like oh there's clean needles here Mm. you know or medicine and then what do you do with the medical records like you wouldn't want to just destroy them because that's people's medical records like what if they need them yeah oh my gosh of course i'm like pragmatic and you're like oh my god that ghost and i'm like but the medical records right the thing that got me the most were the nail marks down the wall Mm -hmm. oh gosh Do y'all know one of the worst moments in movie, in cinematic history? Mm Mm-hmm. I know you know, because me, you, and Tiffany always talk about this. Saul, when he puts the girl in the the needle's pit? No. (laughs) Stir of Echoes. Never seen it. Okay. Well, me and Tiffany hate this part because Stir of Echoes, the girl is, like, holding on to the floor, and her nail breaks off Holy crap, mm. I can feel it every time. That literally sent shivers down my spine when yes. you said that. It, like, I know it's coming, and I'm like, mm, and it's over, okay. Like, and that's, like, not the worst part of the movie, but that is the worst part of the movie, you know? Yep, never seen it. If you've seen that movie, let me know if y'all know that part. This one is called To Dream or Not to Dream. That's the real question. Hey girls, my name is Jess and I just love listening to you because it makes my job go fast and of course, it's even creepy when I listen when I go home at night. My favorites are the sinister sightings because it makes me feel I'm not just the weird one here. So I have a few short, weird, maybe paranormal stories. The first one I would like to share with you is about my dreams. I love to sleep. Like, who doesn't, right? I mean, absolutely. But I have this fear of going to bed and not knowing if I'll have a good dream or a bad one. For instance, I would dream of being at a funeral home or a church where someone just passed away and was being mourned. Well, when that would happen the next day or two, a family friend's family member would die. I would tell my mom about my dreams and she would see how something like that would upset me so much. Sometimes I wouldn't even want to think about it but I mean how can anyone not think that hey maybe you foresaw that not cool another time I would like to tell you about is when my mom had this friend who had a baby girl no more than three months old I would say and I say this story is bad because that cute little angel died about eight years ago in her sleep oh gosh my mother only babysat her for three times at least, but I would help her, and I guess I grew attached to her because she was the cutest little girl. But when we heard the news of her passing, it did affect us, my mother and I, because we couldn't believe it. 
When we tried to make her funeral, we were stuck in traffic and it broke our hearts so much. So I'd have these dreams where I would be walking in a forest but knowing where I was going. I would end up in front of a pile of leaves and a blue tarp and underneath that I would see skeletal remains of a small child. I had this dream for three days and I was so scared to fall asleep. I finally talked to my mom about it and she talked to my grandma and said that I needed to say a prayer and wish for the baby girl to find peace and for me to find peace with her passing away because maybe it was just me that I couldn't accept the fact she'd moved on. I couldn't understand why I had this kind of dream. Maybe there's something more to her death and it scares me, but it happened eight years ago, so I don't know. Now that I have a daughter of my own, sometimes I do wonder what would have been of the life of that little girl. Well, girls, I have a few more different moments that were so weird for me that I will email you another time. Jess. Wow. I have, I mean, I don't have crazy dreams like somebody, I think somebody died and somebody actually does, but I do have very vivid dreams like that. But I can usually relate it back to something that's going on in my life that it's like, you know, okay, if you're in the woods searching for something, it's like, okay, there's something you're looking for that you can't find that I can usually relate that back to my life. Yeah, you are good at that. And we definitely want more of your stories, Jess. So send them. Hey, ladies, I love you both. And you really helped me become more productive at work while I binge your podcast. Just discovered y'all and I started from the beginning. So I understand all the inside jokes for later episodes. So this isn't really a sinister sighting, but more of a spiritual sighting. I was about seven or eight and in the car with my mom on the way to Chuck E. Cheese for a friend's birthday. We were driving down Del Mabry. Carrie, when you were in Tampa, you should know this road. Oh, yeah. Pretty sure that's where I used to get my waxing. <laughs> I mean, it's a long road, but you get the point. Is that where Chichio's is? Oh, God, I love that place. <laughs> no, it's not. God, that was the best place. If you're in fucking, sorry to interrupt your story, but if you're in motherfucking Tampa, go down to Brandon. Or go up to New Tampa. Whoo, There's one um, in downtown, but it only it's not the same. Chichio's Cali. Get you that hot and crunchy tuna on the fucking noodles and your life will be changed. Ew. Oh, God, it's so good. What would someone like me like? I don't fucking know. That's all I ever ordered there. <laughs> Literally. Oh, the guacamole is so good, too. Just get, just get those two things. <laughs> Salsa's okay. good, too. It's chunky. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. This portion is sponsored by Chichios. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We were stopped at a red light, and we got into an accident. We were the third car and got the worst of the damage. Basically, a guy was drunk driving, speeding, and hit another car. That car spun out of control like a top and creamed us. The entire trunk of the car was gone. We were in a sedan, so the car was totaled. Airbags deployed, and there was smoke everywhere. I was sitting in the middle of the back seat. If I had been on either outside seats, I would have been seriously injured. Right before the impact, I for some reason looked to my right and saw a white figure. Then, bam, smoke, and so on. My mom and I walked away with minimal injuries, Fast forward a few years. We were in Georgia for a family vacation. We were in another car accident and same thing. Right before the impact, I saw that white figure. 
After the accident, I told my mom what I saw, and she called it my guardian angel. After the second accident, I told my mom I saw it again, and she just smiled. The day after my 21st birthday, my boyfriend, now husband, and I got rear-ended on Del Mabry, not even a quarter mile away from that of my first accident, go figure, I saw that white figure once again. I have no idea what it is or who it is, but whatever it is, I know it has always protected me and I only seem to see it during car accidents. Thank you so much for taking the time to read this and maybe y'all can shed some light, pun intended, on this sighting. Creep it real and love you both. I don't know, but I definitely feel like it's a guardian angel. Yeah. A, A guardian something. I don't fucking know. I don't know, but girl... It's tired. Right? Golly. Okay, this one is a murder and a ghost. Hey, ladies, this is a long one, but it requires a little bit of backstory before I get into it. I'm from a small town in Georgia called Tacoa. In 2006, Van Cafe and his landlord, James Lewis, got into an argument because when collecting rent, Lewis made sexual advances at Cafe's pregnant wife. The argument went from verbal to physical in a matter of minutes. Two days later, an employee of Lewis witnessed him with a gun and was instructed to take the gun from Lewis. When Cafe was confronted with the gun, he simply said, shoot me. Lewis then shot once towards Cafe's wife, but she was not injured. Cafe then took the gun from Lewis and the two began to scuffle outside. Eventually, the fight did stop, and Cafe backed away from the man, leaving him on the ground. But Lewis doesn't know when to stop talking and told Cafe he would kill him, and then used a racial slur directed at him. Cafe tied Lewis's hands and dragged him to the back of his van. Cafe told his cousin to drive and then climbed into the back of the van as well. His cousin eventually did testify and said that when he was backing up the van on the dirt road, he heard two gunshots and saw Lewis sitting against the back door with blood everywhere. Cafe opened the doors, kicked Lewis out of the van onto the road, and then got into the passenger seat with Lewis's gun in his pocket. Cafe had also been shot in the back. Lewis's body was found the same day, and Cafe was eventually sentenced to two consecutive life imprisonment sentences for murder and kidnapping with bodily injury. A five-year consecutive sentence for possessing a firearm during the commission of a felony, a 20-year concurrent sentence for aggravated assault, and a five-year concurrent sentence for possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Fast forward about three years later, my mom, younger brother, and I move into a duplex apartment. Our neighbors have plenty of barbecues, and because we share a back porch, my mom becomes fast friends with Sam and Kevin. Sam has three daughters, very close in age, less than a year and a half to a year apart in age, and her oldest daughter is the same age as my brother. My brother and I are nine years apart, and I was about 16 at the time. Very into boyfriends and loud emo music, so I wasn't too interested in backyard barbecues. I was, however, interested in money. So when Sam asked me to babysit while she and her boyfriend worked, I, of course, obliged. Looking back, $20 a day wasn't very good for three young girls plus my brother, but I got to buy CDs and candy with it, so teenage me powered through. I'm rambling. I'm sorry. (laughs) One morning, we all stepped out of the house to go to school, and a weird energy was coming from the neighbor's house. Their front door is wide open, as well as all the windows, and Sam is crying loudly. 
Kevin, looking incredibly disheveled, is shuffling the girls out for school as well. My mom is driving us to school and she tells me that Sam's husband is in prison for murder and the man he killed occasionally stops by to terrorize them. She said he would touch Sam inappropriately, harass Kevin, throw things off the shelves, and take things off walls and would sometimes whisper to the middle daughter, telling her to hurt her sisters. What? Hopefully by now you've connected the two stories. From there on out, I babysat the girls in our house as outside as possible, and I never experienced anything firsthand. Until we moved out of our apartment and into a trailer across town, and it was no longer convenient for me to babysit. Sam gets pregnant and was able to stay home most of her pregnancy. I graduated high school and move in with my then-boyfriend, now-husband, the summer after. When Sam has her baby and eventually goes back to work, she asks me again to babysit. A couple of years have passed, and I have completely forgotten about the ghost shenanigans. I would stay at her house all day with the baby and then meet the other girls off the bus. Baby and I were best friends, playing, eating, and napping together all day until her sisters came home to rile her up. One day, pretty early in the morning, I'm sipping coffee on the couch, and the baby is playing with toys on the floor. From the next room, the kitchen, I hear a clatter and then Justin Bieber's whiny voice crooning, baby, baby, baby. (laughs) One of the older girls had just had a birthday and was gifted a singing Justin Bieber doll. Of course, I am freaked out and I brush it off and try not to think about it. A few hours later, the baby and I are laying down for nap time in her parents' bed. The bedroom is at the end of the long hallway and their bed is positioned so that if the bedroom door is open, you can see out into the hallway. In the hallway, there's a big framed picture of a panther and it slowly starts to swing back and forth. I froze for a moment and then noped right the fuck out of there. (laughs) The rest of the day consisted of us riding around the neighborhood and eventually going to McDonald's until I absolutely had to go back to meet the other girls off the bus. I was so scared and am still getting the heebie-jeebies thinking about it now. Anyway, thanks for reading. I love you guys and the podcast. Y'all make my commute shorter and my work days much more enjoyable, and I laugh along with you guys, getting weird looks from my coworkers as I do. Creep it real, Anastasia. Whoa. That's whoa. It ain't her fault. Like. Right? She didn't do this. Right? Oh, my gosh. That's so not fair. If, like, I mean, I don't know. But if that ghost really is, like, fucking with her because of shit her husband did, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. She didn't do shit. She innocent. And her kids definitely are. Exactly. Okay, last one. My skeptic boyfriend heard a ghost. Oh boy, do I have a story for you this morning. My boyfriend has had his mind opened to the paranormal. He's always been the guy in the horror movies who thinks there's a logical explanation for everything. Lord knows how he deals with my superstitious self, honestly. And this morning, he had an experience that actually spooked him and he could not find an explanation. I was upstairs asleep and he was out in the shed playing video games And he heard a very clear whisper say, hi. He said it startled the bejesus out of him. And he even turned off his space heater and listened really hard for any other noises. Hearing nothing, he said, hi? 
back to it and then hightailed it back up into bed with me and told me the story. He was so spooked he could not even sleep. I told him that's what you get for not believing in them. This was about 5 a.m. Then this morning I let our dogs out of the kennel about 8 a.m. and our pit mix was unusually cuddly this morning and even stood between me and the opposite wall and started barking at the blank wall. I love your show and all the stories you cover and the ones everyone sends in. I'll let you know if there are any updates. Creeping it real from NorCal, Maddie. Maddie, your dog saw something up on that wall. Mm-hmm. Dogs don't just bark at blank walls. I mean, they might, but you're saw a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it just said hi, and it scared him. I mean, it would have scared the bejesus out of me oh, as shit, well. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> But, oh my God, that's great. And I love that he told you, though, because, like, I could think of a few people who wouldn't tell anyone about it. Just be like, oh, no, I'm tired. I'm tired of the game. No one's on. All Mm -hmm. right, bye. You know, like, ugh. These stories were so freaking good. Yes. Y'all, keep sitting them in, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.